This is the Alpaca Podcast for all things alpaca. If you're an owner, a soon-to-be owner, a want-to-be owner, or are just alpaca mad or love the fleece, welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. I'm Steve Hetherington. Hi, Steve here, and welcome to the latest episode of Alpaca Tribe, the podcast for all things alpaca. This week, I wanted to share some thoughts about moving your alpacas from one place to another. Mostly, this is straightforward, but you would be amazed at the complications that can arise if you don't keep your wits about you. Here are some basic principles that will help you get started. Firstly, alpacas are herd animals and like to stay together as a group. Therefore, it's easier to treat them as one and move the whole group whenever possible. For example, Regularly, the weanlings will collect bits of dead or even live bramble in their fleece. It's rarely possible to deal with this in a field. In the stable or barn or even field shelter with a gate, they can be brought in as a group and the others you don't need to work on released so that you're able to get close enough to remove it. Secondly, they respond to herding pressure. As you move towards them, they will tend to move away. Thirdly, when they understand what you want of them, they are more likely to cooperate New situations or changes to the usual arrangements will produce hesitancy or downright rebellion. Fourthly, slow and steady is better than fast and furious. Keeping calm and quiet will achieve better results than rushing and shouting, unless the barn is on fire. And even then. If you're able to make the alpacas do what you want, but have them think it was their idea, you are getting somewhere. Push or pull. This was not meant to be a Dr. Doolittle reference, but it could be. There is a time and place for both approaches. Sometimes you will need to be behind them, push or pushing. As mentioned in the introduction, this is best done in a gentle manner rather than loud and pushy. There needs to be a space in front that they can move into. The opposite is pull, which is more to do with calling them or leading them. This requires familiarity. They have to know and trust you, and usually they need a good reason to cooperate, such as being fed. I've developed my calls and whistles. I start by attracting their attention with a specific whistle and call using my Geordie roots of Hoey. Hoey! Come on, girls! The sound of food being shaken in the bucket would also fit into this category, as would noisily dropping the metal food trough. which can be effective even when they're at the far end of the valley. Of course, routines that include feeding them at the same time also help. Just yesterday, I tried to call a group of boys down to show them off to some visitors, and they lifted their heads and ears, took a few steps and decided I must be up to something, because it wasn't the normal feeding time, and they stayed exactly where they were. Embarrassing for the alpaca shepherd serves me right for trying to show off. Make it easy for them to do what you want them to do. Laneways and single option routes make life simpler for the push approach. If you have a fenced corridor running between gates that you can open, there is only one way that they can go, and they can even be left to take as long as they like, grazing the path as they go, knowing that they're not going to escape. If you need to hurry them to the new position, you can always apply some herding pressure from behind. Slow and steady, of course. A word of warning. Always, always, always 
open or close the gate or gates you need. before you start trying to move them. Think, plan ahead and prepare. Do as I say, not as I do. If there's an alternative route, they're likely to take it. The number of times I have not remembered to do this and experienced the frustration of encouraging them to come down into the stable only to find that they turn the corner and go back from where I just collected them rather than entering the stable. They do know when you're trying to do something they will probably not enjoy. Females with career at foot. I think I've mentioned before about the challenge of moving females with newborn or young career. This requires a different herding technique because the babies do not understand the rules and if they don't move, the mothers will not move. It's something I wish I'd been told beforehand, but I soon learned my lesson and found a new strategy to achieve herding with career. This inevitably takes more time than usual. Remember, fences are your friends, by which I mean that it is possible to apply herding pressure so that the group of alpacas move as far as they can until they reach the fence, and then you move them along the fence to the necessary opening, usually a gate, or it could be into the stable or barn. This is part of the thinking you need to do in advance about your field layout. This will include creating laneways and placing gates in the right place to allow you to work the alpacas along the fence and then through the gate. Designing carefully in the first place can save you so much time in the long run. In general, using your arms extended is sufficient to make you significantly wider and to apply gentle herding pressure. You don't have to wave them around or do anything in a hurry. Just extend your arms and move towards the alpacas. Usually this is enough. You can also use extensions to your arms. In my case, I use fiberglass wands, which are around a meter long and are part of the camelid dynamic approach to handling alpacas. I don't use them all the time, but when you need to move a group, particularly separating some from the rest of the herd, it's useful to have the additional arm extension to control the alpacas. I also make great use of them in the stable in order to sort and select particular animals to be released or held back for treatment. Along similar lines, you can use herding tape or ropes between two or more people and move a large group of animals quite easily that way. Timing and patience. I've come to realize that you can't hurry children, technology, or alpacas. Regularly you need to let them have a look and think about what is in front of them. When they're facing the right way, close up behind them, but don't try to push them too hard when they're facing towards you, otherwise you're likely to produce both spitting and splintering of the group. If you have some breakaway groups, you need to stop and start again, collect them back into one group and have another go. Planning and practice. When trying something new for the first time, it's important to plan and practice it do it again, have a dry run. For example, moving animals through the barn or stable in order to weigh them using hurdles. Run them through this before doing it for real so they're familiar and recognize that there is no threat. Haltering. Using a halter and a lead for animals, particularly if you're removing only a few, can be very helpful and halter training is desirable wherever possible. You need to start young and be persistent and consistent in your training. A large number of animals makes this more difficult, but it's still worth the investment of time and effort. If you have to move animals between fields and they're not familiar with being halted and led, they will often opt out by sitting down, so you may have to move them freestyle. Let me share a couple of experiences with you, which hopefully means you can learn from my mistakes. Youngsters with mildly challenging behaviour. In our first winter, I was returning the group of animals from one field to their home base. However, the five-month-old youngsters had become more exploratory 
and adventurous and managed to break through my temporary barricade fence. Half of the adults also followed suit, following their young, and I judged it was better to allow them to be all together rather than persisting with trying to move some of them down the original path. So I opened the fence, let them all through, down along past the side of the lake and into the car park. It was a hard winter that year and part of the lake was frozen. Rushing ahead, I opened the gate into the field to allow them to come in, and when I turned round, I discovered one of the alpacas had ventured out onto the ice. It was the well-frozen end, but nevertheless. Just going dark, all of the curtains in the house were already drawn, and there was no one with me. It was Hermione, out on the ice, our best female. She did a wonderful Bambi impression, and then promptly sat down and cushed. My rescue involved gently edging myself out onto the ice, lying down, until I could reach her. I took hold of two handfuls of fleece and slid her across the ice and back onto solid ground. We all survived, and I certainly learned some lessons. Expect the unexpected, and have a plan B, and even C, or D, or E. I think I've told you about Millie before. Millie is the leader. Ever since she first arrived, she's led the rest of the group, even when she doesn't know where she's going. The first time we opened the gate after she arrived, to move them from one field to another, she led everyone down the path like she knew where she was going, having never been down there. Ever since, she has had to be at the front, or the rest of the group become uncertain about what to do. Having reached the gate, they hesitate, unless Millie is at the front leading the way. Know your animals and their positions, as we talked about last time, and you can take advantage of making sure that Millie is there to lead the way, in the right direction, rather than take them off to the wrong place. Let's quickly recap over what we've covered today. Firstly, alpacas are herd animals, and they like to stay together as a group. Secondly, they respond to herding pressure and will move away from you. Thirdly, when they understand what you want of them, they're more likely to cooperate. Fourthly, slow and steady is better than fast and furious. In moving them, you can apply the push or pull approach. Females with creer at foot will behave differently and require a different strategy for moving them. Fences are your friends and can be used to work the alpacas up to the gate or into the stable. Plan what you're trying to do. Take your time doing it. If you are only moving a few animals, you can try haltering and leading the animals. So there you have some practical tips and experiences of moving alpacas. Hopefully you found that helpful. If you've got any questions or suggestions, please do drop me a line at steve at alpacatribe.com. Details are in the show notes. thought it might be helpful as well to explain a bit more about Alpaca Tribe. What is the Alpaca Tribe all about? People who love alpacas identify with other alpaca people. Everyone loves alpacas with their inbuilt cute factor, but some people are passionate about alpacas and really connect with them. It's what I describe as having the alpaca gene. You can't help yourself. It doesn't matter whether you have alpacas now or not. It doesn't matter whether you might never have your own alpacas. You have the alpaca gene and you're connected. Your ears prick up, metaphorically of course, whenever you see or hear about alpacas. 
You have a mug or T-shirt with an alpaca on it. People give you birthday cards with alpacas on them. People know you are alpaca mad. If that sounds familiar, the alpaca tribe is for people like you. It's early days, but the alpaca tribe is a developing community of connected alpaca people. I think this is particularly relevant for people who have a few alpacas or are actively planning to get some. It's a way of feeling part of a community who truly cares about alpacas, where you will find people and answers that give you confidence in keeping alpacas or making the decision about whether they are the right thing for you and where you share your love of these amazing animals and their beautiful fibre. It helps you move from feeling overwhelmed and not knowing how to improve to feeling confident that you can do it, with help for sure, but it is possible to get where you originally hoped you could. Confident, fulfilled owners, and happy and healthy alpacas. It's what happens in the alpaca tribe. So that's all for this episode, but thanks for listening and for being with me on this alpaca journey. I do appreciate it. Join us in the next episode when we'll be on the road. This is the Alpaca Tribe, and I'm Steve Hetherington.